live and in color from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful Southern California and in parallel from the Turfs Up Radio Studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone Show this evening. All right, a pleasant afternoon. Welcome, everybody, to the Water Zone Show. I'm Rob Starr, along with Mr. Chris Davies, and we are the host of the Water Zone, and I hope everybody's having a great afternoon. Mr. Davey, how are you doing today? Doing great, uh, Rob. Thanks very much. I appreciate you asking, and uh, hope you're doing well there in the uh, Arizona sunshine. Yeah, beautiful day, 97 degrees, cloud, uh, no clouds at all, and it's just a beautiful day. And right around an hour from now, it's going to start cooling down and be a beautiful evening. Now, I don't know if any of our listeners are hearing an echo, but we, we have one here. Uh, I don't know if that's coming out through the radio or we're just getting it through our monitors here. But uh, anyway, that's what's happening. Chris, anything new today? Uh, just an extraordinarily cool second half of May, right? And uh, they're predicting some terrific summer heat like we had, similar to what we had last year, but so far has not substantiated itself. I mean, right now, all the way through the Memorial Day weekend and into the middle of next week, temperatures only in the low to mid-70s. Wow. Pretty warm. It's supposed to be in the high 90s here for the rest of the weekend and through the holidays, so we'll be to that. Well, let's go to the uh, Central California lady, the maven of Maven's Notebook, Ms. Chris Austin. Hi, Chris. Hey, how you doing, everybody? We're doing good. How you be? How's the weather where you are? You're actually at, at, not at your place. You're in a great place for country western music called Bikersfield. <laughs> yes, I'm in beautiful Bakersfield this afternoon. Yeah, I, I love took a tour of the Kern Water Bank. I love Bakersfield. They have great country western music there. I've seen lots and lots of super people uh, there in, in the years. So one of the things I used to do, as you, as you know, uh, coming from the music business years ago, is uh, having a 30,000-watt PA system. And uh, we were hired out by the Bellamy Brothers to do an outdoor show from there. And that was uh, awesome. But Nice people, nice uh, nice time, and uh, it's actually a beautiful place when you get to see what's out there. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Kern County is one of the top oil-producing counties in the nation, actually. So there's an interesting mix of uh, farms and uh, oil fields. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes together. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what's really of the most importance to everybody is what's happening with the Colorado River and California and everybody else. Well, they finally came up with a deal. We've, we've discovered this before. It's like, you know, the, the nothing break, makes people get to the table faster than a really hard deadline. Oh. And so... Um, yeah, and we had a little help with from Mother Nature this year, so uh, we did have we did reach a deal on the Colorado River between Arizona, California, and Nevada that kind of splits the difference between the two options that uh, uh, the Bureau of Reclamation had put on the table. Uh, so. California, or, or the three states have agreed to save about a million acre-feet of water per year. Uh, it's 
kind of hard. They're not given a lot of specifics on how it breaks down, but uh, 250,000 acre feet uh, will be conserved by Imperial Irrigation District, or they won't take that. Um, and Metropolitan is leaving some water behind, too, uh, water in Lake Mead, and also uh, water from one of their following programs. And then uh, Arizona and Nevada make up the rest of that to about a million acre feet a year. It's kind of uh, a stopgap uh, sort of thing, I would say. They haven't, they haven't solved the problem. And the other part of this, too, is that uh, they're expecting to get paid for the water that they're not going to use. And, and this is a very unsustainable thing. Uh, if Mother Nature isn't going to provide, the federal government isn't going to be able to continually pay people for what Mother Nature is not providing. And, you know, that's us taxpayers that's paying that, too. Um, but it does get uh, solve the problem for now kicks the can down to the end of 2026 uh, when they have to negotiate a, another full operations agreement for uh, the entire Colorado River with all seven states. Uh, and those negotiations are, uh, you know, starting to get underway. Uh, you know, Mother Nature was very, very kind to us this year. Uh, brought us lots of snow, abundant rain, um, we, with the exception of some flooding in the central coast and the Tulare Lake area, not too destructive, and we have this huge snowpack in the mountains, and the temperatures are kind of staying cool, like Mr. Davey was talking about, which is really helping uh, with the flood problems, because if we had a real good heat wave, all this water would just come down from the mountains, and it would be a problem, uh, a much, much bigger problem. But the way it looks like it's shaken out, it's not gonna, um, it's not gonna happen that way. The big melt is is just not a big, not a big deal. It's a you know small melt, I guess. Um, we're lucky. Uh, Mother Nature has really been kind to California and the West this year. Well, I'm curious, Chris. What is, you know, according to what you just said, Dan, so this all this unprecedented amount of water that, uh, that these states are going to give up um, for, for the exchange of uh, money from the federal government. So you said it's, what, about 2.3 million acre feet. So just out of curiosity in dollars you may not have this at your fingertips but what what is 2.3 million acre feet of water worth well it's 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 about a million acre feet a year and three million acre feet over the three years um okay so and they have 1.2 billion dollars that was set aside in the insulation reduction act that they will use to pay farmers not the farm, essentially. Um, it's 1.2 billion is what the 
bed to put on the table. Again, so should, this is unsustainable. Should should we buy some land and then say we can't grow anything and get paid for it? We shall pay the mortgage on the land? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll quite work that way. But. Ah, that was a good thought. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, it, it helps that we have this abundant precipitation and Lake Mead and Lake Powell are doing much better than they ever thought that it, they would be at this point. Again, nobody saw the bounty of this year's precipitation. Right. Did not see that coming, and it's been a, an amazing blessing. Well, I, I know they weren't expecting it, but I know in the future we need we need to know the ins and outs of when it gets really bad with the drought or when we get blessed with water. We've got we to gotta look at both extremes. Yeah, that's certainly the way that it's all looking these days. Um, you know, weather whiplash, water whiplash. Yep. So what else is new and exciting in, in California with water this week? I know there's talking well, about the salmon again up at the Klamath. Yeah, well, you know, we're looking, the the first of the Klamath dams is getting ready to come out, be out by the end of the summer, of my understanding, what the news reports are saying. And, um, you know, couldn't come any sooner for the Klamath tribes that live up there. They're salmon people. They're very connected to the salmon, and it's a major part of their diet. And, you know, the the salmon stocks are just dropping. I mean, they closed the recreational season on the West Coast this year. So, uh, you know, it's uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, generally, I think it's by opening up that river to the salmon, um, it's going to benefit the salmon. The, the detractors of, of the, you know, taking out the dams uh, say that it won't. But, uh, but I think that the science that we have when they take out the, the dams, uh, there's a dam they took out in Washington, I think Elwha, Elwha Dam, E-L-W-H-A Dam. They took that out, and um, it's the ecosystem, the river ecosystem just came back much faster than they ever thought that it would once they took the, the dam out. And so I think, you know, that's what we're going to see uh, when they when we get these dams out. Yeah. It's going it's to be interesting to see because the plan is, I understand, for to remove the other dam. The one dam that's coming out by the end of the summer is small, but there's some very large, very high dams on the, these, you know, these other three dams. And uh, that's part of the reason why they're coming out, because they couldn't build fish passage over these dams. They're just way, way too high. Mm. But so their plan to take the dams out was to punch holes in the dams and then uh, wait for the winter precipitation to come and, and wash out the dam. And then they go in there and pick up the pieces. Um, mm. And but if they had 
done that this year, it would have been it would have would have worked great. Yeah. If next year is dry, um, I don't know. I mean, once so you that put the, punch the, the holes in the dams, you know. Is that the safest way to take it down, but just punching holes and letting the water pressure after it melts push all that stuff down? Um, you know, I think I, I think in this case it is. These are really tall dams, and I'm not sure how you're going to be able to get them out any other way. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not a dam engineer, so I, I can't, I can't really speak to that, but this is in, um, this is not in a populated area. Uh, these are not water supply dams. They're more flood control dams. So, uh, there, there is, they will need to do some levees downstream for, uh, to prevent flooding but again there these it's not a highly populated area no. so you know the, the, i think the risk is pretty low yeah i just i just imagine big chunks of cement going down some some waterway and running over people <laughs> well yeah people have to be off the you know can't be on the river but this is a very remote river and mm you know, in the remote areas, so. Well, they say that about know. hurricanes, and you watch the news and you see crazy people in, in 70 or 80 mile or 100 mile winds, they're standing on the beach. That, <laughs> you know, so you, so you never know, or people standing by glass doors in a hotel, you know, when, when tsunamis are coming. That's kind of foolish, but that's uh, what happens. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's interesting up here in the northern part of the state, um, the ocean is a whole nother animal than it is down in Southern California. And they have these things called sneaker waves. And people, they say up here in the north state, don't turn your back on the ocean because these sneaker waves come up and they grab people and they, they whoosh them out to sea and people die every year people die um dogs get swept away and people go in after their dogs and then they die too it's bad uh, so you know and in southern california we decided people dying at the beach was bad and we would we would have lifeguards and so it's very hard to find an unlifeguarded beach in southern california but up here in northern california they don't go to the beach. It doesn't get that hot. It's pretty cold at the beach, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, things are a lot more dangerous. And, again, while we're talking about the danger, um, we've had a lot of sad stories about people getting swept away in the rivers this year. Uh, a four-year-old and an eight-year-old got swept away last weekend. They were with their parents and their parents were trying to pull them up on a rock in the river and they slipped and they're, you know, swept away and died. Stay wow. out of the river. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's, you know, I, I don't get parents and stuff when they don't watch the kids or they don't think of safety for the kids. I mean, anything can happen, especially when you get, you know, running water that has a force that can move a person, you know, quickly. 
uh, it's just a scary situation. And, I, and over the years, there's been a lot of people who passed away from that. You always you always see on the news uh, the, the the quick response team or the I forget what the, the exact term is that the, the fire departments have. They come out there and, and uh, they have some unique equipment that they fish people out of the water and stuff. But but they shouldn't have to be doing that. People should got to realize it's dangerous. It's like going on a mountain, yeah. and standing at the edge of it, and hopefully you don't slip on a pebble and you go you know a thousand feet down the hill. <laughs> yeah, I think rivers are the most dangerous body of water the ocean's pretty dangerous but if there's a lifeguard around you're probably in good hands but rivers are i think um particularly dangerous and people don't understand about the current uh and every year children die in the rivers uh but this year it's it's particularly bad Uh, we've had i think it's 15 People died already, and we're not even into the summer. Oh, and scary. this family that went with the two kids that, that got swept away, they must have had to have climbed over a barrier because they closed the river. They have closed the park. You can't park by the river. Get away from it. And they they went around and, and went to the river and, you know, you know. Bad thing. So I was uh, in one of your your things. I was reading about the Supreme Court's handing back or came up with some new thinking about wetlands and other other places. What's happening with that? Well, you know the definition of waters of the state. That's the uh, waters that the Environmental Protection Agency has control over. Um, it really varies depending on the administration that's in place. Um, and, uh, you know, Democrat administrations tend to define it bigger, larger, more broadly, and Republican administrations tend to narrow that definition. Um, it, it, this has been going on for years, <laughs> years, probably decades. It just sort of seems to bat back and forth. And this time, the Supreme Court been involved so they they narrowed the definition again um so now it's it's kind of unclear how much it's going to affect california because we have our own state agency that regulates um wetlands and things like that that's the state water board and i think you know they they kind of Expected this is coming and plugged the gap, uh, but nonetheless, it's you know it's another change in in federal policy. Um, if you're a farmer, you're jumping up and down probably. If you're an environmentalist, then you're you're not very happy because it means less of wetlands are going to be protected. Um, yeah. The hard well, part about wetlands is they're they're swamps. And I right. think that aesthetically, we we don't value those landscapes, you know, whole, a whole lot as a society. They're kind of, um, they can be kind of ugly at times and messy and stuff, but they're nurseries for, you know, fish and, and all kinds of critters, and they make food and they, you know, for animals and 
and they're really highly productive, um, but not always valued, um, you know, aesthetically. Um, that's that's very that's very very true. It's a shame, you know. Plus, uh, with with the money situations that our government has, you know, they're you know they're scrambling to find money to pay to continue to get rid of the debt and everything else. And you know, everybody's looking where can they cut, and what's 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 worth keeping, what's not worth keeping, and and that gets really sticky. But you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to try to be political, but that that's one consideration that we all have to look at. What's going to happen with that, and and how do we maintain all these uh, nice places or Places that will help the uh, humanity and help uh, the animals and agriculture and stuff. It's it's, it's not an easy decision how to go through this and do this. And you know where do you start? <laughs> yeah, well, it's you know th- these are thorny problems, and it's always a problem when uh, we're trying to govern from the edges and not from the middle. If you know, if only the Democrats and the Republicans could sit down together and and hammer out some sort of compromise agreement for some of these things that really vex the country, you know, wetlands protection being one of them, um, then, then we would have a solution that might have some sticking power instead yeah. of, you know, just... Uh, being nixed by the next administration that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think they all like to fight about everything. And and as you always said, two sides got to sit down and discuss stuff and, and and it's got to be a give and take and on both sides. Not everybody's going to get a hundred percent of what they want, but that's, and we can't because the world or us or or the country is so divided. Again, I'm not trying to be political, but, but the point is we got to get to make decisions that we can agree on. And, and, and take the low-hanging fruit that, that, that both parties can agree on things, move those things forward. But if they don't work together, it's, probably, it's going to continue to get the way it is, and, and that's going to be a scary proposition down the road. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of like whiplash. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's beautiful, there's beautiful uh, state parks and and, 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 and and what you call you know estuaries and everything else, and, and we need to have those things in, in our in our world, and. Uh, you know, it's to preserve a lot of stuff, and and, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to see everything get ruined or go down there. We're, we're, we're like a, nothing but a desert here with no water. I, I don't want to see that as well. But uh, anyway, well, Chris, we're going to take our commercial break. We appreciate you coming out and giving us the real skivvy of what's happening. And um, for our listeners, uh, please go to mavensnotebook.com, become a subscriber, and you can get information every single morning on your PC or your laptop or whatever you your phone. Uh, Chris Davey and I get that every single day and it's wonderful or you can become a sponsor of the show as as we are and Chris I put that information in uh, today so we're, we're re-upping that as well and I uh, just want you to know that we value what you do and, and so do all of our listeners we appreciate you uh, being part of our, our show alright well hey thanks for that and uh, good evening everyone good evening all right, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back in the second half of the Water Zone with Christavia uh, and myself. So stick around. We'll be back in a moment. KCAA Loma Linda. 
the Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. Moving up in this industry means getting the most out of each day so you can focus on growing your business. With Site One, you're in control and we're here to help. It starts with the right team. Our irrigation pros can help map out a complete streamlined system that meet any requirements or regulation. And from the first dig to years after install, knowledgeable experts are available in branch or resources are available online to help find solutions specific to your needs. Next, we make sure you have the right tools to get the job done with the largest selection of top brands in the industry, bringing the latest in Wi-Fi enabled controllers, rotors, sprays, valves, and drip components. And because hard work should always be rewarded, you'll receive personalized pricing and earn loyalty points on qualifying purchases to help you grow. You're in control. Site One is here to help. Water is one of the biggest expenses for communities, HOAs, universities, golf courses, and resorts. So keeping those costs under control, especially when rates are increasing while water supplies are being reduced, are often essential to a customer's survival. Managing water requires multiple skills, which is why it's been complicated and difficult until now. AquaTrack brings multiple skills and technologies together to help large system users conserve outdoor water and improve the health of their landscapes. AquaTrack's professionals are certified landscape water managers and certified landscape irrigation auditors. The company offers audit services, upgrade advice, technical expertise, and water use monitoring. We already manage irrigation water for the largest homeowner associations in Arizona, and we're prepared to bring our knowledge and experience to help others, including landscapers and designers. Give us a call and hear how AquaTrack saved one HOA some 430 million gallons of water and $200,000 in annual water expenses. AquaTrack is Arizona-based, and you can reach us at 623-594-8689. That's 623-594-8689. This is KCAA. All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the Water Zone Radio Show. I'm your co-host, Chris Davey, along with the all-knowing and ever-present, Rob Starr. You know, I got to tell you guys, Rob and I are very proud of the relationship that we have with the with uh, Water Zone and with the Irrigation Association. We're we're truly partners with them, and many of our listeners know that we, the Water Zone broadcast, uh, every year we do live, we broadcast live from the IA show. We'll do so again uh, soon here, coming up in November um, at San Antonio. And tonight, we're actually very, very happy because we've got a guest coming up right now. His name is Kyle Brown. He's the editor-in-chief, Irrigation and Landscape, uh, Irrigation and Lighting magazine, rather, uh, Irrigation Day magazine as well. And um, he's going to talk a little bit about a new program the IA's got called uh, Changing the Landscape Award. So we're going to let um, Kyle Brown take it away here. And stay tuned after that because Rob and I have got a couple of announcements. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Chris Davey here, along with Rob Starr. We're the hosts of the Water Zone radio show program. Today, we're going to talk to Kyle Brown, who's the editor-in-chief of Irrigation and Lighting magazine, which is published by the Irrigation Association. Welcome to the Water Zone, Kyle. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, happy to have you on, you know, in collaboration with the Irrigation Association. Uh, Toro, the sponsor of the Water Zone, has been uh, active in that organization since, I think, the beginning. Uh, so very happy to have you on. We know that there's an important uh, subject that we're going to bring up today. But just before we talk um, about that, for our listeners sake, Kyle, if you wouldn't mind, kind of give a, a background about um, about yourself and uh, what you do for the IA and how long you've been doing it for uh, Irrigation and Lighting Magazine. Yeah, I, you know, just to, just encapsulate what I do, you know, just in a day, you know, just uh, just very briefly, right? Uh, no, I am the editor-in-chief for both Irrigation and Lighting Magazine and for Irrigation Today. Uh, I've been doing this for roughly three years now, uh, but I've been in the industry, in the irrigation industry or green industry in general, for about uh, 12 years. Um, I actually just recently uh, realized that I could say, you know, it's it's been about a dozen years that I've been in the industry now. That, that feels a little bit jarring to have hit that dozen mark. Um, but you know, uh, but I uh, I help put together the editorial for each of the magazines. Uh, we pull together the features so that we're able to present really useful educational content for our readers, whether that means that they're working from the irrigation standpoint, whether they do some lighting, uh, whether they're in the, the ag field as well. My goal is to always make sure that people are able to pick up our publications and come away a little bit more knowledgeable. Regardless of where you are as a professional, I want you to be able to be a little bit better. You know, that every time you read one of our one of our magazines, whether that means you're learning a new technique or picking something else up from your uh, for your business side. Well, I know for sure Rob and I uh, are fervent readers of Irrigation and Lighting uh, magazine because I think I don't know how many copies come to Toro, but they're uh, <laughs> they're pretty much all over the place. So, hey, the main subject today, and I know Rob, Rob's got a couple of questions, is is a program you've got coming up called Changing the Landscape uh, Awards, right? That's right. All right. So why don't you kind of, you know, what is the Changing the Landscape Awards? Kind of give us the the view. Uh, I am so excited to talk about these awards because this is a program that we've been running for the last couple of years uh, that recognizes incredible work done by green industry professionals. Uh, so we've got, think of this as these are awards that recognize people who are really doing something either like a challenging project or something that is a huge scale for them or something that stretches their professional capabilities, right? I want them to think in terms of the, you know, what are the what are the most difficult, coolest things you've done in the past year? So contractors can submit uh, projects either in the irrigation category or in the lighting category. Um, the irrigation category, of course, uh, is sponsored by Hunter. The lighting category is sponsored by Brilliance LED. But either of those categories um, allows us to uh, either of those categories. Uh, really, uh, it gives us the the chance to see really interesting work done uh, for for you know either of those fields. Uh, anything that's been done in the last year in 2022, um, or has had update work done. So I I typically say you know it's been finished or had some update work done in this past year. Uh, and we look for the you know the the most interesting, the most challenging projects that people have worked on. Is it just for? contractors or can it be uh for other like water agencies that help contribute and sponsor and companies that help put a project together like a a park redo or renovation yeah that 
That's a great question. Uh, primarily, we're looking for contractors for this uh, for this program, um, but it does mean that those those contractors, this is a great opportunity for them to be recognized for the work they do. And you know, from my perspective, it really doesn't matter to me whether they're a small contractor or a large one. It really is more about how is what was what made this challenging for you, and what have you done to what did you do to uh, to really you know reach that goal, right? Although uh, to your point, we have some of our past winners have worked with municipalities before, um, just in terms of uh, you know an interesting uh, an interesting project that they were working on or connected to, um, but they but the contractors were the people who who reached out about it. So those were the one they were the ones who got recognized on that. Should should or should or must they be an IA member? I, you know, it, it does make a, a huge difference there, but I prefer it. I think uh, I think the people who are in the IA are members are people who have the professional capabilities to really take on challenging and interesting projects. Um, and those, you know, you're going to have the capabilities and the education in order to you know, recognize when something is stretching to professionally too. Uh, so that's how that's that's how I would go with that. No, that make, makes sense. I also think it's a good it's a good way uh, to introduce contractors that are not part of the IA and, and get mm -hmm. them to, to join. So uh, that was the Absolutely. question I asked. So so what else is on the horizon for any of the changes? Well, the yeah for the changing the landscape awards, I just want to hit a couple things briefly about um, you know for the applications themselves. It's really easy to enter, and I really would like to encourage people to take a look at irrigationandlighting.org. Uh, that's our website. Head there and check out the programs tab at the top of the page. Just right there, you'll be able to see Changing the Landscape Awards and even our recently uh, recently completed Watch Us Grow program is on there as well. But we want to, but if you click through Changing the Landscape there, it'll take you right to the application. You really only need a couple things for it. One, uh, to start, I just really need a couple, just two or three sentences that tells me about what what type of challenge this project was. How you know what what did it what really were you asked by the client to do, and then what made it difficult, and then how did you address it essentially, and uh, then I also ask for uh, a couple photos of the the project itself as well, uh, because I share all of this I just <laughs> just to be clear I'm not the one who makes the judgment on these uh, you know I, I I'll be the first one to say I don't have the expertise to be to be the judge of these. Um, I we have a series of judges that are volunteers who work with uh, our editorial committee and uh, our experts in the field who actually have some knowledge and background in it, who are able to say, hey, recognize uh, really, really excellent work. So those those uh, projects will be submitted, uh, that will be judged and those winners will be selected by the editorial committee in general. And uh, what we're looking for we will have one winner for each pub, for each uh, for each category, and they will be recognized in the next print edition. Uh, that that is uh, the issue that will be coming out in September of Irrigation and Lighting magazine. Uh, one of the things I just want to mention here for that is that it's that's a great opportunity because that's the one that that's the issue that people are going to be seeing. Um, as they as we get into our conference season in our industry, uh, you've got you know like Equip for instance coming up, but then also the irrigation show as well is coming up. And it you know who doesn't want to be recognized among your peers 
uh, e even just seeing that issue right in front of them, right? Oh, That's sorry. a great bunch of details there, and we probably piqued the interest of a lot of our listeners, Kyle. But um, listen, because now we know who the judges are. You know, we're not who, but <laughs> now we know that you're not one of the judges, so you no. <laughs> separated yourself from that. So um, this isn't the first year you've done this, is it? I mean, may, you know, how many how many years have you been doing this, and and who's been some of the past winners? So we've been doing this. Uh, this contest has been running for the past three years. We have. Um, a couple of our, you know, we've we've been running with the irrigation and with the lighting categories, and we've had some really interesting work done in the in the last couple of years. I want to quickly call out our, our winners from last year. Uh, for the first one being, um, we worked with uh, Dwayne Anthony of uh, Anthony's Irrigation in California, and um, they, uh, speaking of working with municipalities. This is one of those situations where it was just a one-person organization, but what they what uh, what Dwayne did was literally he worked so closely and made it such a goal of his own uh, to work with his clients and just upgrade and really help people take advantage of the uh, smart controller upgrade rebates. And uh, it was it's funny because as he tells a story, you know, people just started seeing his letterhead because he would do it so often, he made it a big part of his project. Uh, he, um, he, he saw his letterhead come across the desk over and over and over again, and that actually got him an opportunity to make, to do that officially, to upgrade people's uh, co uh, controllers and help them and help them take advantage of those rebates uh, connecting with the municipality. Uh, he told me that uh, he kept an Excel sheet of all of the, of what he had, what he had uh, done as far as water savings go, and it, by his estimation, uh, he had he had guessed over his career, uh, I, I'll say you know conservatively with his career, uh, just by the work that he'd done, um, he had um, hit he had gotten to about fourteen hundred controllers upgraded, which that's such a wild number. But then also uh, by his by his estimation, he hit about sixty five million gallons over his, over the course of his career of water that he helped his uh helped his clients save on which is just a phenomenal project regardless impressive yeah yeah right going back to the classifications just for just uh or the categories and just for clarification sure so it doesn't matter if they're a gigantic company or a small toothpick i mean they, they and, and when it's judged i mean it's kind of hard you know because the big guys got big money for sure and the small yeah. guys don't have a lot of money how, how is that taken in consideration that's or, a great question. Uh, when we're working with this, when I, uh, you know, what I've asked the judges to take a look at is not the size of the project in general, but it's more about what makes it challenging and what makes it interesting as far as, you know, what's the creative, how creative was the was the contractor in in taking on this challenge? What was the difficulty that they looked at, and you know, how did they step up to, up to the challenge, right? And that's going to be true regardless of whether you're an enormous uh, corporation or a small one, right? or a contractor, I meant to say, an enormous uh, contractor or a small one, whether it's just you and Bill, like I mentioned, Dwayne, literally, it was just him working on on most of those situ uh, most of those uh, controllers. Um, yeah, I mean, over a lot of time, but still, but the, the, but the case is what it is, right? Um, we have our, it, it, within the, within the contest and stuff, we really do our best to try to recognize uh, contractors who are taking on uh, distinctive challenges rather than 
uh, rewarding just giant projects, right? And somebody who has a lot of passion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I just to mention one of the other winners from last year, our lighting winner, uh, was uh, Santiago Montoya from um, RN Lighting, which was such a great project. Uh, he was working on a uh, really challenging um, uh, pool house that needed lighting put together, and in in the client had a really specific request for how they were going to place the lights around some of the hardscaping. And several of the other local uh, lighting professionals had turned the project down because it was just going to take too much work and it was go or it was going to require a lot of really precise uh, uh really precise drilling or things like uh, you know and techniques like that uh but santiago uh really got his team together and they, they're a small team but really took the time to practice and work on their core drilling techniques just to make sure that they were able to serve the client where they wanted uh, what they wanted what they wanted as far as the results went uh and you don't need to be a giant uh company to be able to do that you just need to have passion for the for the projects and and the expertise and knowledge of how to do those things well i certainly applaud the ia for doing this i think it's a good uh, it's a good way to, to show what the organization is, is encompasses and how it supports its members and so forth so congratulations on that oh thank you that's very kind of you we're, it's one of my favorite projects that we do as well. It, it, this is just year over year, something that we are able to recognize just excellent work done by the people who are actually out there doing the work every single day. And that's always a goal for me as an editor. Yeah. Kyle, if some of our listeners want to know a little bit more about the Irrigation Association uh, as it is, and also Irrigation and Lighting Magazine, where can they go? So if you're looking for more information about, well, you know, I, I'm going to selfishly talk about magazine first because that's where <laughs> I live. Uh, I, that you can find more about uh, the irrigation and the irrigation and lighting magazine at irrigationandlighting.org. I would suggest you check that website out just for the exclusive news that you can find there. Uh, every week we try to do our best to find the most important information that you're going to need and report on that with with uh, information that you're not going to find anywhere else. And um, as far as that goes, we also have our, the magazines are also available there. You can see the digital editions in our very, very nice flip book there. It's easy to flip through and see what we're reporting on every, every uh, issue. And then also I check out those resources beyond just our programs themselves for uh, CTL or for the Changing the Landscape and Watch Us Grow. You can look at our resources page where we have some of our past charts uh, where we collect uh, specifications for different products, but then also there's the the industry outlook survey that we do every every year, which is just a really amazing uh, a really amazing resource for contractors. If we want to talk about the irrigation association proper, you're going to want to go to irrigation.org where they have a lot of the information, uh, especially about things that are coming up, such as Smart Irrigation Month, which is coming up for July. It's held every every year in the month of July. Uh, check that out as well, uh, just because there are a lot of ways you can get involved in there in sharing uh, this year's theme or sharing in this year's theme, which is what is the value of smart irrigation? Hey, that's awesome. I tell you, Toro, we we support Smart Irrigation Month. We all put the little logo at the bottom of our of our uh, name stamps on on, yeah. on our emails. So uh, so that's there for sure. Kyle, yeah. great to have you. Great. Yeah. Another comment. Go ahead. 
No, oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, please uh, yeah, check out Smart Irrigation Month because there are a lot of ways that you can get involved. Uh, not the least of which being we have Technology Tuesday on July 11th, which is our way of connecting people, uh, you know, making it more visible to see uh, where the the people who are involved in, in irrigation. But then there's also another easy way uh, at smartirrigationmonth.org. You can check out different resources that we have that you might be able to share with your own clients or be able to share with your own team to help everyone understand the value of what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, as well as um, if there's a way that you want to get involved, uh, you can share your company's story uh, with a short questionnaire on the website as well uh, that helps us uh, share the, generally the, you know, the, the value of smart irrigation to a larger audience. Well, Kyle, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you coming on and giving our listeners a little bit of information. Actually, a lot of information. We yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's great. We we need we need to we need to tell people and spread the word. So we appreciate that. So thanks again on behalf of the Water Zone and Chris and I. Thank you very much. Thank you for very much for having me. I had a great time. All right. Great rest of the day to you, Kyle. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Well, it was good. A lot of good activities happened with uh, VIA. I liked it. I mean, it was, you know, just having him on was, uh, was great. And Rob, we, we've really got to, you know, push the fact that there's a great relationship that exists between uh, the Water Zone and the Irrigation Association. It's been that way since we started the show back in 2015. Every single year we broadcast live at the IA show. And as I said in the intro here, we'll do that again late November, November 30th, as a matter of fact, from yep. San Antonio, Texas. Uh, so always glad to be to be a proponent and uh, and uh, talk to the guys from the IA. You know what? What I think we should do is get some more photos uh, that we always send in for uh, July Water Smart. I like the ones you know we can recycle. I don't think they were published, but we should do the ones with the lion on the safari that we did, and then also the one I when I was doing the operation uh, with Mike pulling out the uh, the nozzle. So. We should do something clever for for that uh, for, for promoting it and letting uh, letting the uh, IA use some of the things that we've done to, to help promote that event. Well, you know, you, you won't have to twist my arm for that. You just need to tell me the next time that you're going to be in Southern California. And yeah, that's we can true. Get the, we can get that stuff lined up. Yep, yep. And we have we have a bunch of those pictures in my office too that we could just copy and. Uh, I've seen them. I've seen them. They're right there, pasted on your uh, on your window. They look great, actually. I mean, those are, and not only that, they were fun to do, Rob. They were just awesome fun. Yeah, you know, I get, I get a lot of people who see the one with you and me in the safari outfits and, and, and walking through the jungle. Uh, they, they, they swear that that lion is real, standing right by us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was pretty cool trying to imagine that lion being there when we were actually taking that shot because most people know it's photoshopped in there. <laughs> But boy, does it look real! I mean, you can just do so much these days with uh, with photos. Oh yeah, especially with you know when I bought that green screen, uh, we can do all kinds of. Well, not me personally. I I, I do audio. I don't do the video portions, but uh, so many things you can do. But you know, one of the things um, for for contractors who may be not in the irrigation association, they should go to irrigation.org and inquire about the contest because they, they, it's open to anybody. And maybe, and maybe it's a good way for a, a contractor who doesn't really know a lot about the Irrigation Association 
to to learn about all the things they have with the education, with the certification, um, with the networking, especially, uh, and, and all the books and things that you can get the technical information. I think it, it, it could really help a small contractor leap to the next level. I agree with you 100%, Rob, especially now the IA is, is, is actually, you know, their footprint has been in this industry for a decade, just decades. Yes. Uh, the, the management there now, uh, the folks are inspired. They're working very hard. There's a lot going on. Really looking forward to this year's show in San Antonio, Texas, the IA show down there. I think yep. it'll be fabulous and one of the best we, we, we've seen in many, many years. Um, and a- absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I think there's so much to gain from the IA uh, for people who are not in that. Uh, but but it'll be a good good opportunity even for like I said even for a contractor who's not uh, a current member they can still be eligible to win and 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 as as Kyle said it's you know it's the ingenuity and what they did have what the challenges they had to do and it's great publicity I mean just imagine a, a newcomer winning the award uh, I think that'll be outstanding look at the publicity they'll get from that uh, I think it's awesome yeah I do too well I tell you it's a, this is the last show in May. Rob, so our next show yep. is going to be next week on, on June 1st, but before we leave the month of May, there's there's an, uh, another magazine, very well respected in, in the industry, Long Landscape uh, Magazine, and they've just come out in their May edition with the top 100 contractors in the country. I don't know yep. if you got a chance to see that at all. Yeah, I did, I did. It's just a, it's an amazing resource to look at, and I, I just want to encourage all the listeners to, to take a look at that if you if you don't get the printed version, um, go on to the Lawn and Landscape uh, website. It's on there. You can you can see it. It's really a ton of information. Not only does it list the top 100 contractors. I mean, these are big firms and medium firms, small firms. You know, even even down to small guys. But just a ton of information. You can see, um, you know, like what kind of businesses they run. Are they maintenance? Do they do fertilization? Do they do Design build. Um, yeah, design build. If it, if it, is, is it just irrigation, right? There's a ton of information on there. Just just mentioning one thing, Rob. Just if you look at the ranking, right, because the ranking is obviously by revenue. So yep. uh, just get a size of the idea of the, uh, of the industry because the, the top one, number one, which, by the way, I don't know if you've guessed it, Rob, but it's Brightview. Yes. Right? Uh, Brightview Holding, $2.8 billion. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not that's not to shake a, uh, shake a stick act, but at the bottom of the list at 100, it's not really the bottom of the list. It's just well, you know the, the you know the Brightview Brightview came into play when they merged uh, two companies together, and uh, they just yeah took over the world. <laughs> but there's yeah, lots yeah. of so there's lots of great contractors out there, and there's lots of unknown great contractors, and and. Uh, they can have an awesome business, and uh, you know maybe we should get some people from Lawn and Landscape on the show. Uh, they they were on years ago, but we should get them back on and uh, get, give us some insight to what's happening from their perspective. I think that would be a, an interesting conversation. And uh, we have some great guests coming up in the future. You got to line up. We got to line up with stuff. You, you want to mention some of them? Yeah. So uh, Rob, next week, uh, as I said, that will be the June first one. We'll have um, another. Uh, of the ASIC, American Society of uh, Irrigation Consultants. That meeting we went to a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have a great recording uh, all scheduled for, for next Thursday. And then the week after that, that'll be the 8th, 
we have a very special guest. So this is a, a guy that's been on the um, social media front for a while. He's really, really making some uh, some good inroads in social media. A good proponent of the industry, very knowledgeable guy. His name is Justin Richards, also known as AKA the Sprinkler Dude. Right. Uh, he'll be on our show live. So very much looking forward to that. And uh, you know, we're working on uh, on the content for for that one with Justin. Check him out. Yep. Chuck, check uh, Justin out live on all sorts of social media. He's he's there and very present. And, and I got a, I got I got a, a very odd one, but it's uh, from uh, France. And from the U.S., a Dr. Michael Masha and a Dr. Elena Bird. And they started to, you know, just like if you like wine, you got to become a smart, sm- I can't pronounce it, smart fight to, to judge the wines. But they're putting one together to judge water. So that should be really interesting. So I hear, the, I hear the notes are playing. we got to give away to NBC News. We appreciate all that listen to us. We'll be back next week live and in color. So uh, stick around uh, next Thursday when you have uh, something to do at 4 o'clock. You say, hey, we're going to listen to those water boys. We appreciate that. Everybody, have a good week. And the most important thing that Chris and I tell you every week is please help keep our planet blue. Again, if you like green, you got to have blue. So good night, everybody. You have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. CAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Conservative Republicans are